Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Soul to Soul Connections with Jenny G. I'm Jenny G. Cousins, your host and producer. Now, in order to tune in to the show and all the episodes, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast. I'm on many different platforms, so you're going to catch the show one way or another. And make some comments, you guys. Let me know what you think, and if you'd like to get a hold of my guest and such like that, we're going to have that information below for you anyways. So now, if also, by the way, if one of you or some of you or all of you feel that you have an inspiring story or a story that you'd love to share, please reach out to me because you never know. I could say, you know what? It's time. Let's have a chat. So now on today's show, before I do the real intro for her, I'm going to read you just a little bit of her bio, and then I'll introduce Elizabeth. And then we're going to start chatting and answering questions and such like that. So now my guest is Elizabeth Kipp. And Elizabeth is a stress management and historical trauma specialist who uses trauma-trained and yoga-informed addiction recovery, coaching, ancestral clearing, compassionate injury inquiry, and yoga inquiry, isn't it? Inquiry, that's right. Sorry. Yep. And yoga to help people with their healing. Elizabeth healed from over 40 years of chronic pain, including anxiety, panic attacks, and addiction. She now guides others to unleash their healing power, find freedom from suffering, and live a thriving life. Now, she's also a best-selling author of The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. So we're going to have a little chat with Elizabeth, and we're going to make it flow, and you're going to understand why. I had to speak to her. Now, thank you for coming on and taking the time. I'm I'm greatly honored to have you on, Elizabeth. Oh, thank you so much, Jenny G. It's so great to be here. Uh, it's, it's, it's my honor to be here, and I can't wait uh, to share you with my audience as well. <laughs> so now, how did you get into the work you do as an addiction recovery coach? Well, I, I, I healed, I healed from, um, uh, as you said in the introduction, from 40 years of chronic pain and 31 of those years was on prescription uh, opiates and benzodiazepines for any anxiety medicine, which actually ended up giving me anxiety. Um, when you take it too long, it ends up giving you the thing you're taking it for in the first place. And when, and I went to a, a treatment center uh, to and an into a pain management program while I was there that helped me, I mean, they helped me detox off the medicine, but they they also taught me how to clear the pain I was in, mm -hmm. which none of my doctors had knew anything about. Um, they just 
their only answer was here are your opiates and your benzos. That was their answer. So <laughs> I finally found a doctor who understood the nature of chronic pain and uh, opiates and benzos don't heal the changes that happen mm -hmm. in the brain because of that. So um, I went into this treatment center and, and while I was there, uh, in the afternoons, I went to the pain program and, and there were 20, there were 100 patients on, on the campus. 20 of us went to pain track and the other 80 went to relapse school. And I went to my counselor and said, well, I'm not getting any training in relapse and everybody else's every afternoon they're spending in relapse school. What help? What am I supposed to do about that? And she said, there's an 80% relapse rate and in, in, in the first year, talking about addiction, uh, recovering from addiction, there's an 80% relapse rate. And I looked at her, and the first thing I thought to myself because of the odds was like, I'm doomed, <laughs> right? And the second thing I thought, because I started uh, in college as a social scientist, was what's wrong with the model we're using? Because if if we've only got an 80%, if we've got a, only got a 20% success rate, well, we've got to do something to change the model. So in that moment, I vowed to once I got uh, at home and and kind of got my sea legs in recovery that I would that I would do what I could to move the needle on that. That's how I got into this work. Yeah. Oh. So what what were some of like the challenges for you in your active addiction? Oh well, uh, presence <laughs> presence was a huge one. Um, <laughs> um, also, I. I was in a lot of physical pain and didn't realize how much emotional pain was kind of locked in all of that. Um, and I didn't want to be in that space. So I had a real argument with my experience, pretty much every moment of my experience. And what does that do? That just makes it worse. Yeah. Right. So um, not not being able to be present and then uh, having an argument with, with the little bit of me that was present, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be here. That's a, that's a problem. Yeah. So I'm craving, I'm in this cycle, which is the crave, the, the addiction cycle, craving aversion, craving an aversion, just, and not being able to get out of that. Uh, also in chronic pain um, and addiction too, uh, we get this, um, very marked negative mind. And that was my biggest challenge coming out of uh, out of that, uh, when I went into that pain management program and, and, and kind of got out. I walked in with 40 years of chronic pain and 52 days later, I walked out with no pain, which is wow. amazing. But I had a very marked negative mind, negative thinking mind, um, not so much directed at other people, but definitely directed at myself. So low self-esteem and an inner critic, very fierce inner critic. And, and uh, that's, that's also, you know, addiction, that's craving and aversion kind of gone uh, twisted in on itself, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So what has been and are the successes in your recovery? Well, I was able to calm the negative mind. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it was, I was amazing. Um, to, to to experience that and and of course i had been an opiate for a long time so my it, it doesn't just kind of numb yeah. it numbs everything right so i i wasn't really in touch with my emotions until i got off the medication and it kind of got through my system and then i was fully alive <laughs> and with a negative mind 
and a fully alive emotion thing happening. Um, that was uh, that was a lot, and and I was really grateful that I had Kundalini Yoga. I had a very powerful yoga practice. And Kundalini Yoga was not the only yoga. I just happened to be the one that I happened to be introduced yeah. to uh, when I came got into treatment. That's the direct. Um, and uh, and I had a I already had a meditation practice, and I had a lot of support. Uh, I had a lot of uh, people around me in recovery that were I could see what they were doing that was working and what wasn't working. So. You know, I kind of felt like I was a, a mad scientist in, in my own laboratory <laughs> trying to figure out how do I do this thing and 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 beat the odds of an 80% relapse, right? Yeah. I don't want to see those people, right? Yeah. So um, uh, so I had a pretty healthy program. Also nutrition, mm -hmm. I, I, I really worked on um, uh, kind of going from a, a really acidic, mm -hmm. A body that was um i i only weighed about i mean i'm you're looking at me at about 140 pounds now but i was 100 and i was barely 100 when i went into i was fighting for 100 pounds when i, when I, was, wow. when I was in that program i mean i i walked in there at 92 and we kept we kept um we kept working on uh we'd weigh me every day yeah uh to make sure that i wasn't losing more that's the thing with me is that I, I, when I get my reaction to stress at that time, I'm not that way anymore because I have yeah. a wider window for tolerance, but uh, a chronic pain patient can literally burn 6,000 calories a day. So really? trying, trying to keep weight on, well, my reaction to the chronic pain was just, you know, I was just okay. fighting with it. You know, you're looking at somebody who I'll fight with, I'll, I'll fight with it. <laughs> And the, the journey was to stop the yeah. battle. Right? Oh, wow. I didn't know that, you know, cause I know that like some people who, you, you know, like do different drugs and such like that, they have no appetite and they don't even realize it. And they drop all of this weight and then you see them skinny and such like that. Did like the, the painkillers and stuff like that make you like lose your appetite altogether. And then you just, yeah. Yeah, it was really a combination. Um, the problem with it, this is which is why opiates don't heal, um, is they repress your your respiration, so you can't bring in oxygen and let go of toxins the way a normal person does. So that's one thing. It yeah. paralyzes your digestive tract so that you're not bringing in nutrients and uh, you're not you're not able to like deal with nutrients in the digestive tract and it dehydrates you. So you're not, you don't have enough fluid in the system. Wow. And, and the, the fact that you've got a dry mouth and you've got um, a, a depressed appetite is almost, um, uh, almost a side issue compared to the things I just brought in. <laughs> right. Cause they're yeah. so messy. Exactly. Right. So, it felt to me like my issue was um, I just reacted to the pain a lot. I just was, I just, my nervous system was just so tense and I, it didn't matter kind of how much medicine they gave me. They'd have had to, they, I would have had to been knocked out <laughs> because I just, you know, I just was, and, and the longer I was in the pain, the more wound up I got. Yeah. And that's that's the nature of chronic pain. That's the reason why you don't want to stay on those drugs for a long time because it's, it's not helping. It's just feeding the cycle. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then you just get addicted to it, of course, you know, cause we, we, I mean, you, you've seen that even with like, like celebrities and such, cause of course they plaster everything up on there. Right. Like Matthew Perry, even, you, you know, like his addiction to painkillers and such with, which really escalated into other drugs and such. Did you get more like addicted to like other things as well whenever you were on your painkillers and such or well i had a sugar addiction um but those opiates and sugar are very similar in that they hit the same receptors in the brain um i uh i also had like i said i had this so in addiction uh from the um the way we look at it in recovery 2.0 which is tommy rosen's uh recovery program um, is there's six main ones, uh, drugs, alcohol, um, relationships, money, technology, and uh, food. So that's six. And then there's four other four, he calls them four aggravations. There's uh, resentment, negative thinking, self-doubt, and procrastination. Yeah. And I add the fifth one in there, judgment. <laughs> so... <laughs> Those are all things that we get very, um, they actually, um, we get in these patterns. So yeah. addiction is a pattern that's not serving. So it's like anything that we're doing that has a negative consequence on our life that we just keep doing it and it still has a, that's addiction. Yeah. You're asking a, a you're asking a question. The and way I'll answer that is to say my core addiction was codependency yeah which yeah. is this you know uh, unhealthy relationship with people right yeah. which is that's that that's really an attachment wound when we're kids and we just don't know how to and so we have to we have to learn how to yeah uh, we have to clear that you know we have to do some work around that and and learn oh mm -hmm. it looks like we didn't get very good modeling when we were kids we have to learn yeah you know, learn from people that 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 are that are in that work that know how to do it yeah yeah because some people are like they get you know like addicted to you have to eat that I, I always remember i was over at a friend's house and and um there was one little guy there um a child or whatever and he couldn't eat his full meal you know and then he was throwing it out and then she freaked out on him and she's like you have to eat every single thing on your plate and i'm like I mean, I didn't say anything. I didn't want to get involved with it, but I'm like, wow, you know, it was quite harsh really. And I'm like, you don't want to program that into somebody's head. You have to eat every single thing because that can stick there. I, I knew somebody who had an eating disorder because they're like, that's stuck in my head as well. And it, she couldn't clear it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I just got out of a food, food addiction meetings. <laughs> that's what I do. Wednesdays and Thursdays, I lead a, th a food addiction meeting for Recovery 2.0, and and all kind all kinds of disordered eating patterns, and that 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 is one of many, you know, one of many many roots. So we have to be careful about. Well, we have to be careful about how we take care of our kids, but yeah. but we, we don't know what we don't know, and everybody's doing the best we can, and this isn't like a diss on my parents, uh, or even her parents so much yeah. as. Uh, well, okay, this thing happened. They were doing the best they could with the information they had at the time and the consciousness they had at the time. Now, what do I do, right? To to like 
switch this old habit into this into a healthy one. That's the work that I do. Yeah. Is it, I mean, like, especially if it's been holiday season, that's why I'm glad of all months, you know, we could chat this month. You know, I'm like, I have to talk to Elizabeth this month of all months, right? Being a holiday season. I know addiction is, doesn't matter when, but this is the highest month for suicides, suicide rates and such like that. So what, like, would you like even suggest, like what tools could somebody use really to like help them navigate even more? around this season especially like christmas and holidays and festive i i'm so glad you asked that question um we really have to to have a plan um uh going into the holidays because there's just more triggers there's more stimulation yeah. in the environment so we really have to be grounded so the first thing that the, the first place i would start is 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 what's my intention for the holiday season is it is it to keep my sobriety or is it to you know party all night long and uh, are, are uh, what are the consequences of that action my what are the consequences of my intention going to be and can i can i live with myself if my intention and my leads to these consequences am i still in integrity with myself now this is the thing about recovery um when i sit and i'm 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 um 10 years and a little few months in recovery now at this point. And I've sat, I've sat in the, um, the recovery rooms and, and, and hours and hours and hours and listened to all kinds of people all over the place. And my ear, remember my story, my ear has been, how are people dealing with relapse? Like that, I'm what, what's causing relapse and how can we head it off? And the thing that I noticed was when I'm out of integrity, when people get out of integrity with their own value system, that's when the relapse thing starts. And another thing that was interesting about the relapse, I, I heard this old timer say this. He said, um, an expectation is a, is a resentment about to happen. And a, and a resentment is a step towards relapse. And that got my attention. Wow. That's, that's, that's highlighted. That should really be highlighted because resentment <laughs> could be against yourself or somebody else or something. Right. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So, um, so that's the, so, so how do I, how am I coming into the holiday? What's my intention? What my intention is it in line with my values so that I stay in integrity with myself? That's where I would start, right? And then all the things underneath that are things like, well, how do I keep myself safe? Yeah. Right? Um, safety first. And and so we have to, you know, am I grounded? Like, am I, am I safe in this place? If I'm not, leave, right? Am I grounded? Um, you wanna make sure you have a support system around you. Um, you know, hopefully you you can communicate your needs to your family members or the people closest to you, letting them know that you're you're trying to stay sober and maybe they'll uh, help you with, um, you know, what they call them mocktails, not non-alcoholic beverages yeah. and um, uh, maybe not super sugary treats because um, if you're, uh, sugar is, a, is this other 
is this other substance that's highly addictive and it's just everywhere on the holidays. It's not just an alcohol, but it's everywhere. So um, keeping an eye on that because our sugar, um, this is part of food addiction, healing yeah. from that. Um, when we bring sugar into the system, then our emotions end up doing this seesaw thing and we wonder what happened and it's because we've got a bunch of sugar on board and that's not helpful for us staying safe no. feeling safe and staying grounded in our in the holiday so it's, it's just a it's just a suggestion um make sure that you have a, an exit strategy a, like a graceful exit strategy you know what what is and and take you know feel feel free like you can take breaks and um i had a friend who told me that he he went and visited his family and then he stayed for a while and then he took off and played a game of tennis just to kind of move some energy. Right. And he came back. Right? Wow. So, you know, so have a, have a, have support, yeah. uh, you know, have a graceful exit strategy, take breaks bring in self-compassion. So what if like you, you know, cause I mean like most people will go to family or friends, right? So what mm -hmm. happens if they, they go to either family or, or their friends for dinner or, or for whatever. And they don't say anything to them because they find that, cause I've had this happen even like just for myself, let's say, um, or, you know what? No, I'm not going to have anything like a piece of pie, let's say, or I'm not going to have like, um, like that chocolate for instance. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, sometimes the more you say that to them, Oh, what are you talking about? It's Christmas or it's this holiday. One's not going to hurt you or, or, or whatever like that. Right. So sometimes I know some people will hold back from even saying that, you know what, I'm not drinking or I'm not um, like, or I'm on a diet or like whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Or I have an allergy, you know, whatever. Yes. So I, I hear you and I, I have my own, for me, I don't like to draw attention to myself. Yeah, I'm at a party. I'm focused on, I'm focused on 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 the hostess, on you know other people at the party, and I'm I'm. That's just kind of my nature. Is like I don't yeah. want to draw attention to myself, so yeah. I, I I wouldn't be saying stuff like that. Um, yeah. for me, but here's the thing: how do I deal with that? I'm focusing on connection, not consumption. That's really good. That's really good. Yes. So, yeah. So it's kind of like, where's the, where's the attention, right? Our, our attention is the super tool. Yeah. In life yeah. for anybody. Yeah. Where's my attention? So um, that, that's just kind of how I deal with that. Um, again, we want to, we want to think about service rather than kind of like, um, well, it's just a good idea. If we could be a service, yeah. um, maybe cleaning up at the party or, you know, mm -hmm. helping people with their coats or whatever it is, um, or maybe going to a meeting or whatever it is, um, uh, being of service, again, helps you get out of yourself and into others. And that that's uh that's that's very healing yeah because it, it 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 not only helps that person but it helps yourself too yeah, because exactly. you're talking about it more and you're interacting with it more and putting your en energy towards that person of 
trying to help them and focus on them. And at the same time, you're kind of calming yourself down or having that conversation to yourself. Yeah. So you're focusing on connection. Yes. Right. And so that, that's, you know, that keeps you away from, Oh, I'm not getting, I'm, I I can't eat this thing. And I can't, you know, you know, if, if you say, (laughs) I know I was trained when I, when I raised my son, one of the things I, I tried really hard not to do was to say, don't do whatever, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> don't eat the chocolate cake because what was going to happen? He wanted to eat the chocolate cake. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So if, you know, I'm, I, if, if I'm going into a, um, a party and I, and I see something that's like, I, I really would like, I, I would have consumed in the past, um, I focus on connection, not what I'm not getting yeah. because I'm just going to get more of that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are some things that, that I would do. And, and, you know, the phone, please, you know, reach out. I have a, a friend in recovery who I, I feel is a great a role model in this regard in many regards, but this is particular. He says, um, never, uh, well, one, one of his teachers says, don't complete a negative thought about yourself in your mind ever. And I heard him say that, remember negative thinking problem in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, how would I even know how to stop that? <laughs> Cause whoop, before I know it, it's, it's, it's here and it's complete. And I thought you, you can stop it halfway through. How does that even work? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> anyway, that was an interesting teaching when I when I first started. But but um, but his, his student, who's one of my friends and teachers, also um, he doesn't sit with a negative thought by himself. Mm-hmm. He gets on the phone and gets somebody on on gets gets a friend, and you know they co-regulate. They help each other. Yeah. And this is the thing. You're not bothering somebody when you pick up the phone, somebody else who's in recovery, you're not bothering somebody or a friend or whoever by saying, I need help. You're not bothering them because you know what you're doing? You're helping them be helpful. So you're you're helping them be service, uh, uh, do service as well. So everybody wins in that. Yeah. And they know what it's like and they can connect and relate to that too. Mm-hmm. So these, the recovery groups, you know, are, are amazing, like amazing support and such like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so so many of us are, are certainly me. I'm still at a stage where I'm just not used to people um, saying yes and being nice. I'm, I just, <laughs> yeah. no. I just, I just kind of had so much, um, uh, dis- kind of dis- what you call it, d- discipline. With, yeah, with disappointment. They- disappointment. But a lot of letdown when I was a, yeah. a, when my in my formative years, and I yeah. um, relative to my perception of what was happening. Right, yeah. my perception was I was getting let down a lot. That I, I'm still kind of wow. They're actually helping me. <laughs> yeah. I still yeah. part of me still does that. <laughs> yeah. I think that will always be around though, right? Like, I mean, I've, I've had many disappointments in my life too. And it, I, I find it does take a toll on somebody because it's like, wow, I've had so many disappointments with something. How do I know this is going to work or that's going to work and such like that? So, you know, and then it's like, what's going to work for you? You're going to feel it. You're going to feel that passion. You're just going to know that 
your route. And I believe we, we do get kind of pulled off track on purpose at times to say, you know what, that's not your pathway. That That's not where you're supposed to be connected or headed to. So we're going to send you to the right people to actually help you or work with you or whatever like that. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's true. That's what I do. I just surrender. <laughs> so now you're, you're also a best-selling author of the book, The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. So yes, yes. I haven't read it yet, but I, I'm going to. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I love books that are very healing and nurturing, and, you, you know, cause I find the more we learn ourselves and help ourselves, the more we can help learn and teach others to help themselves too. So what, like, what really made you write this book? Like, when did you feeling that, you know, I got to write this book. I love that you asked that question. I, I really, um, what I discovered uh, from my from my living it, but then I remember forty years, so long time. <laughs> I had a lot of a lot of surgery, um, in and out of doctors' offices, in and out of physical rehab places, um, uh, in and out of kind of uh, uh, healing places, and uh, and what I learned was, chronic pain patients don't tell the truth. Mm-hmm. We either complain all the time or we don't say anything. And neither of those is actually the truth. So, um, and also because there's a lot of confusion uh, around uh, what chronic pain is, and it's not just physical, it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, uh, any pain that's felt for 15 days out of 30, or uh, for three months or more is chronic it all sends the same signals to the brain. It hurts. So a broken bone and a broken heart, same thing. Yeah. Right. So it's all chronic pain. Uh, And so this is misunderstanding. And uh, I just felt like it was really important to write a book about it. I wrote about the tools that I use. There's a little bit of my story in there, but it's not my story per se. It's, it's the tool. I use to kind of move through and and um and also it 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 really puts a light on the the voice of the chronic pain sufferer so that doctors nurses family members even chronic pain sufferers they can read this book and it's a short read it's this is not a thick book it's just a little just thin it's just a lot it's packed it's just dense. and that can be easier though like i find sometimes the bigger the books it's like i'm not going to read that but that book there, it's like, you know, people can actually read that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wanted all these different kinds of people that that work with uh, chronic pain sufferers, uh, plus the chronic pain sufferers themselves, to really understand the landscape of a chronic pain sufferer. And I wanted chronic pain sufferers to actually realize that somebody else understood them. Mm-hmm. And there's there's something very healing when you're able to somebody else, you know, oh my God, she got me and she puts it into the words and I couldn't, I couldn't have said done. I felt that, but I, <laughs> I don't have the yeah. words for that. Right. Yeah. So that's that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. And also the gentleman, the doctor that took me through uh, in the Venus Pain Management Program, Dr. Peter Prescott, he mm-hmm. wrote a book, Doctor Chronic Pain, an innovative mind body approach. He passed away in 2016. But he left this book 
and it's the it's the doctory researchery uh, piece. There's some beautiful exercises in the back of the book which I've done, and I helped him write. And then I this book is like the patient. This is like the the the, the sequel to his book, and it's not <laughs> so researchery. It's not so sciencey. Yeah. So, but- kind of a nice companion that two books kind of go well together exactly exactly and 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 sometimes like you know depending on the person some people are like you know what i want more simplicity than all of this medical you know jabber 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 because they're not going to truly understand it mm-hmm. so uh, i i that's so exciting that's so exciting you know because you can learn so much in that you can learn so much in that book so now what are what are the five ways to relieve stress, like one of the best five ways to relieve stress. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, so I, um, so I have this uh, free thing. I, you guys can can all, uh, we'll put a link in there for for you to access it. Um, five ways to re- relieve stress. You get an email every day. There's actually seven. Uh, this is two bonuses, but we we start with the breath. We want to add in meditation, which is very uh, healing to the brain. Um, also, there's ancestor clearing, which is very helpful for me. So that's helping us clear the um, patterns of the past. Now, yoga does that too, um, just in a different way. And other therapies do that too. But this is uh, ancestral clearing is kind of a very specific um, modality also uh, was very helpful for me to uh, um, rescript my inner critic. Like I, I took her to inner mean girl school and I gave her a makeover. That's what <laughs> I Yeah. So that's one of the tools we bring in. I, I bring into that. So there's, yeah. there's a nice little tool set that you can use every day um, that'll help you um really yeah. find stability and and yeah. help you along wherever you are on your healing journey it'll help you find stability and 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 help you um, widen your window of tolerance to the stuff that happens so that you're able to kind of weather things uh as you learn to feel mm-hmm. your feelings and and clear a lot of the stuff that you know that we that's unresolved in the body yeah yeah, because it stays stuck there. So speaking of your, sorry, your ancestral clearing, that was actually one of my questions because I know you do that. Can you explain for those who are familiar with it, what is ancestral clearing? So it's a um, it's a uh, a complementary healing modality developed and um, taught by John Newton of Health Beyond Belief, and was pioneered by Howard Wills. I'm and he. I'm just a practitioner of his. I've been in a practitioner since 2014. It's based on the understanding that we come into this life with the gifts and the burdens of our ancestors, and you know, think about it. In the DNA is coming in with lots of information. The information comes in because it's it, the way we're we operate is it's like we need it in the next life, right? So we, and one of the things that gets passed along are um, unresolved issues like, um, well, gee, um, vengeance, (laughs) like unresolved, unfinished business, um, old hurts and wrongs, um, uh, betrayal energy, war energy, um, 
maybe uh, unrequited, I said unrequited love, worry energy. Lots of us have worry energy. And, and a lot of my clients come in and they have a scarcity mentality, just like I can't make it. I can barely make it from paycheck to paycheck. Or every time I do this, this happens. And it's, it's a lot of, um, uh, like walks around abundance and, 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 and it makes sense when you look at it from a, from an ancestral point of view, uh, depending on, you know, where they came from, um, it really doesn't matter where they came from. If they came from the past, they, they've got a scarcity. <laughs> yeah, we're here. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in the lineage, there was, there was a, that was a thing. And it depends on the person and what they're carrying as to, as to how much of that, that they have. Some of us, you know, have that. And some of us have the worry energy and some of us have um, self-esteem stuff and everybody carries different things, yeah. but but we, it's all very, it's similar enough so that when I do group work, it's very interesting because I'll just, I'll have a group event and 40 people will come in signed up from wherever and they'll have really similar themes. <laughs> and it yeah. happens every time there's a theme. <laughs> I just did one. I just did one for um, helping to cure, heal, heal, um, family conflict and uh conflict around war i just did one last month on that when the yeah just to kind of because there's so much of that in the the ethers right now yeah. that um and that was very interesting to see kind of you know the people that came together for that it was super powerful so we can actually release um this stuff and uh in ancestral clearing we, what we do is we ask the creator energy to come in on our behalf and help us release that, which no longer serves us. Yeah. Cause if I could have um, let go of stuff, I would have, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I don't have yeah. the first season. I don't have the power. Yeah. We bring in higher power energy. And it's very interesting how yeah. uh, powerful that is at helping us release stuff. I was, I was very impressed with it and I have the science background and you can't come to me with woo woo. Unless it's <laughs> yeah. unless I an experience around it, I yeah. give me an experience and I'll and I'll and I'll get it. Otherwise, she's going to go right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if somebody's like having a panic attack. Like, um, what what's one of the ways to kind of like ease that? Like, help them ease away from a panic attack because a panic attack can come on at any given time, really, for for any reason, right? Well, they can, and and I've <laughs> I have one tool that I use immediately uh, when that happens, and I I've, I've, that's happened to me probably a dozen times in the ten years I've been in recovery. I'll actually come in and use what I call what's called bilateral EFT tapping. If I can get them to look at me and mimic what I'm doing, and I start doing the EFT tapping, and they say what I say. So I have their attention. So where's their attention? Yeah. I get their attention on me. They do the stuff This that we, we, we actually do a certain tap on certain areas uh, in a certain sequence and say certain things. And if they can do that, uh, we'll do that for a couple of rounds, which takes maybe 30 seconds around. Mm. They're down in about a minute. Wow. A minute. They're wow. down from that total right and then we can have a conversation about what happened but you can't 
have a conversation with somebody who's running from a tiger because they're busy. Yeah. Running. Yeah. But if you can get their attention and focus it so that all they have to do is mimic me. Great. Then once they get there, I'll give them three minutes of just breathing through the left nostril, which is a, a stimulating the calming center. You're a yogi, right? You, you know this trick? Yeah. So yeah, the right nose and the left nose. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. just this it's just the left. Yeah. So the left is inhaling on the left is just uh, stimulates the calming center in the brain. So three minutes of just left nostril breathing in that situation gives a signal to the nervous system. I'm safe. Yeah. So discharge the big charge out of the system with EFT, bilateral yeah. EFT tapping, which I teach. You won't find that online. And uh, it's kind of special. And, um, and then the left nostril breathing. And then, you know, just, you know, be present with the person, let them kind of reset because <laughs> yeah. they just have a big, yeah. <laughs> right. Just yeah. be present with them and, and, and see what it is that they're, yeah. where they want to go from there, yeah. but you could get them down pretty quickly. Yeah. Cause I, I had a friend that, um, she had so many panic attacks. She stopped driving. She hasn't, because anytime she'd start driving, right, to like anywhere, really, she'd start having a panic attack. So she well, stopped. She doesn't drive anymore. Like she needs to learn how to. She she probably should work with a therapist because there's some trauma there that she needs to clear. Yes. Yeah. Like it, it, if if you brought me that that client, I would say, I'll I'll be a support for your trauma therapist. <laughs> I'm a great coach in that space, but, but that particular behavior is, is I work with people that have that in the moment Yeah. when I happen to be there, but that that's a pattern like that. I would ask them to, cause I had my own issues with panic attacks and uh, therapy was, well, the getting off the meds was important too, but yeah. I, I really, uh, we had to do some work around the things that were, that were uh, causing me to 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 freak out yeah. like that. Yeah. I didn't even know what they were myself. It took a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I I think with hers. I mean, I I also do past life akashic records, and um, mm -hmm. with her it goes way even back to her past life akashic records and such like that. She had she got in an accident and died. So anytime she got in a car, it okay. gets stuck in her cellular memory. And mm -hmm. she, she's like, and I wanted to, you know, help her through it and such. And she's like, oh, no, because anytime she started to think about even her keys, her car keys, not her house keys, but her car keys, even she's like, oh, I can't even have my car keys. She took her car keys off her keychain for her house. Yeah. See, now I, I hear you there. Yeah. And, and this is where I would, I feel like you and I both could serve her after she's had some work with a trauma therapist to help yeah. please. Yeah, clear the, the big charge out of it. Yeah, we're yeah. in there to help kind of clear up the uh, the 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 other stuff because yeah, uh, I yeah, just it's pretty severe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's a that's a super reactive, and we want to make sure that uh, yeah, she still doesn't drive today. And th this was like um, 15 years ago, somewhere around there. She's still young, right? Mm -hmm. And she still won't drive. She can get on a bus. And she feels okay. She goes, because I'm not driving it. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Well, you there's, know? you know, EMDR yeah. and there's all kinds of uh, yeah. things yeah. that trauma therapists do. And and I personally think that the work that you do and the work that I do uh, working with the past 
is also a, a, a really helpful yeah. in the space. But we, we come in more as complementary to yeah. they kind of run point. For me, I would just like they're running point and I'm going to come in and coach and yeah. support behind. Um, yeah. That, that's yeah. a huge block. So if somebody says, right? So let's if I said to her, you know, you should really, um, which I have, right? But she says, I'm too scared to have a session because I don't know what's going to come up. And then yeah. she just, she freezes. And I'm yeah. like, well, you know, all this trauma and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. If, if somebody's like, if I said, okay, you should go see Elizabeth for just for an example. And if somebody says, you know what? I'm too scared. But like, what would yeah. you say to that person? I'm too scared to go like talk to her. And I'm like, okay, then talk to somebody else. It's not going to matter, right? Like, what would you say to somebody to? Well, see, <laughs> that right there is is that yeah i'm too scared right there that's a you know that's a nervous system that dysregulated right yeah. they're in defensive mode just so quick yeah yeah and so um i would i would encourage them i would take them through a breath practice i would do the the left nostril breathing for maybe three minutes if they could stay there yeah. And then take it through the alternate nostril breathing, which you were talking about, and just see if they could just nervous system calm enough. Yeah. And then they actually feel safe. Yeah. You see, the thing is, is that she doesn't feel safe in that uh, in that presentation. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to get anywhere with a client like that, with a, per a person uh, like yeah. that until they feel safe. So we have to bring in a sense of safety. And what's the, how do we do that? Nervous system first then we're co-regulating we, we, they feel safe and then we can kind of like co-regulate each other our nervous systems talk to one another and they're oh, okay and now i can learn you can't learn when you're running from a tiger yeah no exactly because she says well she goes you know maybe if it's like a hypnotherapist or something where somebody actually put me under so i'm not hearing what i'm saying or i'm not feeling what i'm saying you know she mm -hmm. goes I'll, I'll i'll videotape you can videotape it um but i want to go under i don't i don't want to hear and be present with what i'm saying or what's being asked like that's pretty there's severe there's, isn't it? there's a lot of judgment there and i and i and there's also a lot of mind in that and i would yeah. and i would i would i would put this forward yeah. The mind follows the breath. Yes, the mind does inform the body, but mostly the body informs the mind. So the, the mind follows the breath. So what's happening with her breath? Yeah. Well, it's probably very shallow and quick. And the mind is going to be like erratic and and uh, skittish and uh, dysregulated if the breath is dysregulated. So we get, we that's what we start with the nervous system first. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I'm still even quite worried about her and stuff. And, um, you know, but one day at a time, I, I don't know, right? I don't talk to her that much, um, but every now and then I might send her a message just checking up on you and stuff like that. But it's like, she just numbs everything out and such. and. Well, it's the way that she's staying safe. This is, yeah. you know, these all these behaviors, yeah, uh, addiction, yeah. any kind of thing that we're protecting. These are all ways. There's nothing wrong with us. We're yeah. perfectly, we're reacting perfectly normally. Yeah. We're just trying to stay safe in the moment, and it's the best way we know how, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. So what is spiritual pain? Oh, yeah. That's disconnection from God. Yeah. Right? That would be, some people don't believe in God. Yeah. Uh, let's say, um, let's say you're agnostic. And uh, however, when you go out of nature, you uh, can relate to the wonder and the rhythm uh, of nature. Well, spiritual pain in that space would be, I don't care anymore. And I've been there. So I, I know what that feels like. Yeah. Um, uh, so that would be an example of a spiritual pain. I just, uh, that, that disconnection, uh, which happens really in trauma. Trauma is, uh, Dr. Dr. Gabor Mate says this, and um, the trauma is in the trauma space. Trauma is not what happened to you. It's what happens inside of you because of what happens to you. Yeah. And uh, and trauma is um, is when we're all, it's not the hurt that's the problem. It's when we're alone with the hurt that's that's yeah. the right yeah. this disconnection that we that we experience. And so spiritual pain is that disconnection from ourselves. We dissociate from from our our, yeah. our soul, right? Uh, disconnection from others uh, in chronic pain that happens because I can't share my experience with you. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. And then there's um, disconnection from, uh, from, you know, the all that is, whatever you want to call that God, the infinite divine nature, whatever that is, you know, yeah. uh, you're just, you're kind of in this, um, mm -hmm. Uh, no man's land where you're completely disconnected. That's a, that's a very scary place to be a very. Absolutely. Place. Yeah, ab absolutely. Cause then suicidal thoughts come in. If somebody said to you, cause I mean, I, I deal with suicides uh, as well and it's a whole different story, right? If, if somebody like, let's say had these suicidal thoughts for whatever reason, like what, especially this month, right? Especially this holiday season, of course, you know, I'm really depressed. I'm really, like there's no hope, there's no faith, um, like whatever it is, what like kind of recommendation or what would you say to that person? Well, I'm not a suicide. I love the question. It's very important. I'm not a suicide. Um, like I'm a therapist and I'm not a yeah. suicide. Expert. Um, I worked at hotlines many, many, many years ago, but that was, you know, many, many years ago. Um, get help. Yeah. from an actual professional like call the suicide hotline because they know they know this territory yeah i don't i know enough to know go there um yeah yeah so i mean i can help i can help if the, i don't know i'm not going to do that well i would help them breathe and i would you know i would sit with them and i would try and be present with them but i would i would keep working them in the direction of calling that suicide hotline yeah, absolutely. Because you, you work and of course do the yoga um, and and such like that. Can you give us just some? I mean, I I love yoga myself, and I'm a little restricted right now because I have some injuries. But um, can you share like what are some of the benefits from doing yoga? Oh well, presence is one. <laughs> just yoga is now the first yoga sutra is yoga is now. Um, so why is that important? Uh, we heal in the now. We can't heal in the past. So we can't heal in the future. Uh, life is not happening in the past or the future. Life is happening now. So yoga is now would be like the first thing. And um, 
also remember we talked about disconnection no well yoga the practice of it's not the only thing that takes us there but it's one of them um helps us connect back into ourselves and reminds us we remember that i'm not my pain i'm not my thoughts i'm i'm not my you know I'm not my relationship with, you know, my, my other person. I'm experiencing my pain and not experiencing my thoughts, but that's not who I am. I'm experiencing it. It's it, I'm the witness to all of that. And that understanding uh, is very powerful yeah. because you don't identify with your pain. This is the this is the thing is we would we would be trying to go in that direction with somebody who's who's suicidal, but because I'm not a suicide person, I would I don't know how to navigate that expertly, and that's why we would send them there. But they're having they're identifying with their experience to the point where they don't realize they're watching it, and that is a problem. You see, yeah. So those are the two things. Yoga is now and. And we become the watcher of our experience. And then the asana work, the postures and the the breath work and those things are all the other uh, limbs of, there's eight limbs to yoga. All those things um, and integrated practices is beautiful because it's attuning the, the body, the mind, body, spirit system. It's attuning it so that, so that, uh, so that you can really use it efficiently and, and, and optimally. It, that's, mm -hmm. that's the thing I like about it, but Qigong yeah. is too. That That's another, another thing that's like, you know, really good at doing that. So there's other ways, but that's why I like yoga. I mean, I used to, I used to have nerve pain in, um, in my leg and I'm like, Oh God, I, I'm going to give yoga a try I said I'm like I don't know if it's gonna work this was years ago right and I'm like so I, I took one class like I, I signed up I'm like go to classes don't do it at home go to classes because you'll actually have to be there and even on my it was hatha yoga and even on my first class that night I actually could kind of I could lay down without my my thigh actually it was my thigh like kind of going into spasms or that kind of like talking to me like hello I'm hurting right and it was that first class I I could start to notice a difference because mm -hmm. I was taking two classes a week and it was gone like it was gone like and I'm like like what's going on right you know and it's stretching the muscles and releasing and, and the energy and working with the flow of it I found and, and yeah. it was really like for me personally, it, it, I mean, I love it. I love it. Very powerful. Yeah. It yeah. really helped me unwind from all the tension, the tension yeah. pattern that I had. It yeah. really unwind. I had people around me that were, were in recovery and knew me before, you know, when I was, uh, before I went into treatment and, and, um, and they were, uh, they were all kinds of different healers and they all were shocked at how quickly I yeah. just met her. And it was because I did this nutrition, yeah. the yoga thing. I went to meetings. I took it seriously. I was like, I am not going to be one of the 80%. <laughs> it's yeah, not happening. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm going to do everything in my power not to be one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I love Tommy's, Tommy's classes. Like even the morning Sahana said, 
Satana. I can't even talk today. My words are all bubbled up. But I love even just doing that because he has even little practices where you can even do it for 15 minutes if you don't have time because people are like, I don't have an hour. I don't have like an hour. And I'm like, you know what? You could even do 15, 20 minutes of it, even 10 minutes, right? Like people don't realize that. And it does, right. for me personally, it, it, it really has made a difference. And I'm trying to get myself together <laughs> and get back into it even more so as I'm feeling. Beautiful. Well, I don't know what your physical injuries are, but I had, um, I've had a couple of compression fractures in my spine. Um, oh, yeah. Like five, six years because, uh, you know, opiates and uh, yeah. kind of go together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Healing from that, but I had that issue. And they were right at the um, yeah. level of the of the of the of the um, the lungs and the liver and the gallbladder. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't. All I could do while those were healing was I had a breath practice. I I, mm. I, I, I and I couldn't even take deep breaths for a while. But I just eleven minutes. Every my sonda was listening to Japchi, which is a, a chanted a prayer um, that is takes thirty one minutes to listen to it. Or I couldn't hardly even chant that because I was too painful, but I heard, listened to it. And then I would do this 11 minutes of just breath work. Wow. And that was great. And though yeah. I just kept at it, yeah. I couldn't take a deep breath because of the pain, yeah. but I went right to the, to the edge yeah. where, where it was okay. Yeah. And I just kept doing that and it helped clear it. So this was my sadhana. That's what I did. I couldn't do any spinal energy series or anything. That's, I couldn't yeah, do any of right? exactly. exactly. But I could eventually, it took about six weeks for me to get back into a regular wow. practice, but that's not too bad with a compression that's, fracture. That's fracture. really good. Six weeks. Yeah. Like I, I used to run eight miles a day once upon a time ago, mind you. And I, I injured myself. I didn't, I learned the, the hard way, right? that see, I'd, I'd go to like Walmart and I'd buy runners, like a pair of runners or trainers. I'm like, I'm not spending all this big money on runners. Like what's wrong with these people? So I'd buy really cheap runners. And I learned the hard way that you have to have really good arch support. And especially when you're running. So I damaged my feet and even wow. my foot surgeon said, you have 300 ailments per foot. Like I learned so much. And he says, you're not going to be able to walk again. And run again so long story long story short long story short I, I had moved to ireland and um i met this foot surgeon who was very hot by the way but and and he made me orthotics like custom-made orthotics and i had to start learning how to walk again like i didn't talk about it or nobody knew too much about what was going on and to just to learn to walk again like that was intense that it's something so simple, but it, but it wasn't. So I can go on the treadmill even now today, every now and then I just kind of pay attention to if I start hurting, I stop, but sometimes I can even go on a treadmill even for like 20 minutes, which is that's huge amazing. compared that's to amazing. not being able to walk ever again type thing. Right. For you. That's, yeah. that's a, that's a beautiful healing story. What a, what a testament to the yeah. possible, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just like, slow and steady wins the race even and, and even with like addictions and stuff like that too right like all of that and i mean i i, I can't believe that we're like coming here to, to like wrap up i have so many more questions to ask you and 
I'd like to have you on again and interview you again. Like I literally have tons of questions because this, this topic here with addiction and everything, it's huge, right? Like it, 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 it's huge. And um, I'm going to start going live um, in, you know, sometime in the new year, which is what, like three weeks away now, right? And um, it'd be great to have you on and do a live show where people can ask you directions or oh, I love questions. That. See yeah, my words that. today, you know, <laughs> asking you questions and stuff like that too. That would be great. You know, I love that. I'd, I'd love that very much. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you, like book a, a, like an appointment with you, grab some books or sign up, what's one of the best ways for them to do that? Oh, you can find me at my website, which is Elizabeth with a dash kip.com. Got to put a dash between my first and last name, Elizabeth Kip, K-I-P-P.com. Otherwise, elizabethkip.com is a, a web designer and photographer who's extraordinary, but she's not me. So elizabeth-kip.com. I have uh, lots of resources there. Yeah. Um, you know, all my social media, you can contact me through there. That's the best way to get a hold of me. That's awesome. And plus, we're going to have your links below mm -hmm. um, so people can get a hold of you, too. You know, like I said, like I like there's tons, tons of questions to ask you even. And I can't believe like this, this time just flew by really quickly, you know, and thank you again. Like, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and coming on and sharing your, your wisdom and your knowledge and experience, you know, and, and your story with everyone. My goodness, Definitely. Jenny, I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to, to share, um, hopefully, um, you know, the people that will benefit them from this, will will hear it. Right. That's the idea. And I, I appreciate your platform. Oh, of course. No worries. No worries at all. So I want to thank everyone for, for tuning into my show and make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast in order to catch these interviews and other videos and content that's on there. And keep in mind, if you have a story you'd like to share and talk about, send me a message because you never know. I might just knock on your door. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Unless you send me a plane ticket to Hawaii or something, but I'm just saying. So, so thank you again, Elizabeth. And um, until then, namaste everyone and keep on keeping on and stay in the modality of love. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks so much, Jenny G. Namaste. Mm -hmm.